Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Hi everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu here with you today with another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I am super excited today to have as my guest, Dr. Tony Gallardi. She's been a professional speaker and career transitions expert for over 25 years on the subject of change mastery, resilience, and discovering your true purpose. In 1995, Dr. Gallardi designed a holistic evolutionary model rooted in the neuroscience of mastering change that connected one's ability to awaken and make changes preemptively on the personal level with our very global survival. She called it the Lifequake Repurposing Roadmap that then became a groundbreaking book published as the Lifequake Phenomenon, How to Thrive, Not to Survive, in Times of Personal and Global Upheaval. This is the 10-year anniversary and very timely, <laughs> I would say, um, need for a book like this at this time. And her mission through the Lifequake Repurposing Roadmap is to assist organizations and individuals globally in preparing for the next chapter through resilient restructuring while stopping the chronic pattern of waiting until a major crisis hits. Welcome, Dr. Tony. Thank you for having me, Adriana. I'm excited to, to have our conversation. <laughs> yeah, yes. And you and I um, had the good fortune to meet a few years ago when you were still living here in California. And we're working, um, you know, I think through the addiction treatment field, you've done some work with that. And um, we're both psychologists and all that, but tell us, I always like to ask the guests from the get-go, tell us about your story, your journey, and how you came to do the work that you're doing today. You know, it's interesting because it's only in looking back that I can see how the dots all connect and, and ironically how I became exactly that, a dot connector for other people. So I went to graduate school in California at Chapman University in Southern California and um, was fortunate to have as a mentor, a union at my, and just an ongoing uh, source of, of support and mentorship for sure. And so through the union vision of things, we look at things, everything is in a holistic model that, there, that that which is in the shadow is simply that which is denied or uh, undeveloped or unseen. There's nothing evil, you know, inherent in the personality or the character of the individual. So because my original training was very psychodynamic, neo-Freudian, that was such a breath of fresh air for me, you know, to be looking at people through not just their own personal story, but the mythic story of our planet and how the individual interfaces with that mythic story, the personal myth with the collective myth. And that led eventually, you know, I went through a couple of near-death experiences um, when I was needing to leave the life I was in, which was a very 
traditional, uh, I was in a traditional marriage and I uh, lived in Orange County and owned a home and all of that. And something was calling me to do something that was outside the norm of long-term therapy. So, because even Jungian psychotherapy is long-term. It was too, I was too impatient for that. I needed to see results like I'm sure you did, you know, with finding access, you know, consciousness. And so I went on a journey, I sold my practice, went on a journey and started studying shamanism. And this was something Jung had looked at as well. So I really was fascinated by the, the idea that you could literally clear things out of someone's psychic and their, and their trauma body, and the whole system would heal, body, mind, and spirit. So I went to Peru and studied with shamans. I was very fortunate to have people come into my life who were mentors. And that's kind of what happened with astrology. You know, I was doing a talk show in Los Angeles. It was one of the other hats I was wearing and uh, had, an, I thought, oh, this would be fun to have somebody who was oriented toward business, a business astrologer on the show. So he said he would do it if I, he would let me, if I would let him look at my chart. I said, sure, okay. And then he proceeded to tell me like this download of information of who I really was underneath how I appeared to the world. Like I appeared to the world as this dynamic, uh, vivacious person, but that I was actually quite an introvert, which is the truth, very much the truth about me. I was mesmerized by astrology and I saw that it had something that could be a shortcut. Again, looking for tools for my medicine bag, um, because I do think of myself as a medicine woman, and that would help people get there quicker, that they wouldn't have to go through a lengthy process for experiencing trauma healing. So what astrology gave me was the ability to see the map, the soul contract that this individual had taken on. And by looking at their soul contract, I knew where to go. And so a client might, for example, in the old days when we called them patients, uh, might it, take, it might take a year before they told you they were incested. Well, I can see that like very quickly. And when you come at it from the point of view of like doing a reading, when I'm doing a soul contract reading, it's very matter of fact, I'm just downloading, just like, oh, and it looks like you have, you know, had sexual trauma in childhood. So it's very matter of fact, there's nothing um, you know, heavy about it in terms of, of that the, the, the client would have to feel some shame about finally telling me. And in doing that, I could also work with the past life traumas. You know, I saw where the past life, which was another piece that astrology gave me, I was looking at, okay, where's the trauma origin, you know, because it preceded this lifetime and being able to use hypnosis to go back and my sh shaman tools to go back and clear the original, what they call in India, samskara, the soul imprint that creates blockage. So astrology was one of these tools. And then it led to what eventually became my career coaching practice because I could see where someone's strengths were and what the timing was. So if somebody comes in and they're really feeling fearful about leaving a job and not knowing what they're gonna do next, by hearing, wow, you actually just need to leave this job and rest and allow that well to fill back up before even looking at transitioning into something else can be a relief for a person. They can, it gives them permission to let go. And I developed this seven stage model for helping people through that process.
So I don't know if that's in a nutshell. Astrology has given me so much as a psychotherapist, truly. I mean, my clients will just go, oh my God, I can't believe I have somebody who can look at my astrology chart and who can clear all the you know, stuff and is a career coach and has the, you know, the, the psychodynamic background. So I feel very, very fortunate that I have had the kind of training and have the tools that I have today. Yes, you are truly unique, actually, I think, in, in your story and, and mm -hmm. your, your, how you've used, like all of us, right, your personal experiences to inform and, and really direct the, the course of your work. I mean, you, you've talked about, I love this catchphrase, that you were the poster child for the, how does it go, the poster child for the change impaired, something like that? I'm, re I'm a recovering yes. poster child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you mean by that because I think you know especially as we talk about you know these current times this this intense shifting time on the planet there's so much crisis I mean yeah. I'm sure you're seeing it in your practice we're seeing it at the rehab where I work my in and in my private practice there is a real sense of crisis and that it's like change or die time yeah Absolutely. And there's no question that addiction has gone through the roof. Um, and I feel fortunate that I also had that training and had the background. My father was, you know, a gambler. And so I went into recovery, you know, in Al-Anon and, and programs that really helped me to have a piece as well. The 12 step program provided certain pieces as well. So a lot of people who come to me are already in recovery, you know, and I'm able to take what they're, what they've gotten in terms of recovery so far a little deeper. So yeah, you know, there's no question. And what the, the whole point right now in my work, I was doing this today um, to both clients that I was working with this morning are recovering alcoholics in their thirties and fifties. Uh, and uh, we were working on sitting with those emotions learning how to ride the wave, find where it is, you know, one client, it was her heart, the other client, it was her solar plexus, where there was this fear coming up of the unknown, because there are so many questions right now. The one client was feeling fear about having, through the dreams, I was interpreting her dream, was feeling fear about having been, you know, gotten the COVID shot, and the other client had not and was going toward natural immunity and groups that orient toward natural immunity, but she was feeling fear about was she making the right choice. So again, because I don't take an opinion, I just let that person drop into those feelings where they are in the body and bringing in a higher version of themselves. What we think of as in a parallel universe, there is a you that exists already, just like the you that exists today is probably more evolved than the you of five years ago. There's a you in, a, an, in the quantum reality, there's a you that exists in a parallel universe that we can just collapse time and bring that you back that actually knows how to sit with those feelings and radiate light and create integration. So yes, this is a time of really teaching people um, to not self-medicate, to really sit and ride that wave of pain if that's what's there. Yeah, it's doing the shadow work, right? I mean, as Jung talked about, it's like, you know, you can only push it down and, and suppress it and avoid it for so long. And 
most for yeah. most people that ends up you know taking a toll on on their body in particular right because where do those so much suppressed emotions go well they go in your body and then they create disease that's right, right? yeah mm-hmm. so when you use the term i love this term life quake what so what do you mean by that and tell us more about your life quake the book and your your program your seven steps like what is all that so I created the, the, this word uh, came to me in a meditation in 1987 originally, actually, that's how long ago. Um, and what, you know, there have been other people who've copied the word and used it to mean just crisis driven transition. And what was downloaded to me was that we were going through, we were about to break through, and this is what the harmonic convergence was about in 1987, I went to actually went to Peru at that time, that there, there's an emergence going on. So in my mind, when a person goes through a life quake, which is a distinction from just a crisis, the soul is breaking through and it's trying to tell you, uh-uh, no more. This life is over and now you must leave this life shed just like the butterfly, the caterpillar has to you know, to become the butterfly has to shed that original uh, structure. We are both going through this personally and globally. So very, a very long time ago, I saw this interface between the personal and the global, that as each individual was literally morphing into a new level of human, you know, uh, as, as our evolutionary species is morphing, so, you know, so is the planet. And so it's very important to not only be working with what is it that is my purpose now um, and to, to be able to sit with that. The reason I put, put together the, the seven stage model and there were before the actual radical severance happens, which is stage three in the model. And often for most people, myself included, it does come as a crisis of some kind, which, which forces you to, to have to really leave the, the old life behind. But there are these other two stages that come before because I'm so passionate about, you know, helping people to you know, find their way before it has to become too painful. That stage one is boredom. So there is in the you know, emotional tone scale right in the middle despair at the bottom and ecstasy at the top. There's a transition emotion right in the middle of of the various gradations of emotions called boredom. And that is when you have completed, this isn't a chronic boredom that some people have all the time, but this is a kind of boredom that comes from something you actually did feel engaged with, either a relationship, a career, um, you know, even exercise routine can take this form where it's no longer serving you and you're being called to shed the old. So it can show up as feeling like, I oh, God, this is, you know, this is just not just there's that there's an, a French word on we, you know, and, you know, it's just I or I know not what what this is. That's that in between feeling, so to speak. When people, well, often this is when uh, addiction starts to show up. If someone isn't already in recovery, isn't a, doesn't have addiction as their issue, it will show up as new addictions, you know, where they had not had them before, for example. And it may be too much internet 
social media um, browsing. It may take the form of just eating too much. It's very subtle in this stage. Um, having an extra glass of wine at night, if you're not somebody who's you know, an addict by, is that by nature as, as well. It can all take that very subtle form. And then if someone doesn't start to look into, and I interviewed people for my book who both had done it consciously and who had done it unconsciously. So there are 15 new thought leaders, people who've written best-selling books, you know, and who've gone from one, went from one thing to another, who were, you know, generous enough to give me their stories. Marcy Shymoff wrote the, uh, the preface to this book, the foreword, and, uh, you know, she shared her LifeQuake story. So there, there's that subtle phase where an individual can make a choice, like, okay, this, this isn't fun anymore, I'm gonna do something else. If the individual doesn't do that, then how stage two shows up is because stage two consciously is beginning to feel the death of an old life and actually being willing to sit with those feelings that something is dying. And we don't have a place in our culture for a really grieving, really grieving old life. We don't have, a, we don't even know how to grieve other people, much less our own death process. And so often this will in, begin an intensification of these addictions. And it's that's when someone really starts to spiral down into you know, what some think of as clinical depression. I think of it as existential depression because it's really about what is my purpose now? There's a feeling like this isn't, isn't serving me anymore, but I don't know what is. Nothing seems, the whole world starts to look kind of gray, but it's again, more subtle. However, as if, if the person individual continues to increase their addictive tendencies, they will hit the wall in stage three. And that can take the form of a car accident, as it did in my case, several car accidents. Um, it can take the place of uh, you know, a, a major physical illness. I have a client who developed a neuroma around his left ear because he wasn't listening that he was supposed to leave the ad world. Mm -hmm. And he was terrified of leaving a job that he'd been so successful at. So it can take that form of some physical thing. It can take the form of your spouse walking out on you. Um, so there are many ways in which this radical severance, you know, occurs. And then stage four is where the real meat and potatoes of the work gets done of LifeWake repurposing, which is stage four, as I call it the cosmic barbecue because it's after you've left the old life or it's left you in some cases that you are faced with the dark night of the soul. And I talk about that a lot and what the dark night of the soul, how it is distinctly different than clinical depression. And often people will go to a psychiatrist at that point and self and just want medication an SSRI, which is, there's no problem with that. I, you know, if you are spiraling down to the point of not being able to function and you need to make money, I understand the need sometimes for an SSRI. However, if you can use tools, which I give tools in this book, in my the work, I have a monthly group that I um, uh, do an activation, a healing activation on the new moon. And that's an opportunity for people to put into to the quantum field their intentions for the month. So that can also be a time where you actually look at what is it that I'm afraid of? Because I take everybody on a journey and I often want 
others to really look at the shadow aspects. What am I afraid of seeing in myself? Because in stage four, there may be parts of you that are really unclaimed, amazing parts that are in the cellar of your consciousness. So in whether I'm working with someone in a personal coaching you know, modality or in a group modality, it's about being able to actually find you know, those that, that fine wine that might be in the cellar before it becomes sour and vinegary, because that's what happens when we don't express and actualize our fullest potential. And toward the end of stage four, if the individual really does do this shadow work, uh, what will begin to happen is there will be this natural, and when I work with people, uh, I have them really take a look at what is it, where does your energy go up? Just pay attention to that. Where do you notice now, like never before, is your energy getting a little bit more interested in things? And just keeping a, a list, keeping, you know, documenting what those things are. And then eventually you can connect the dots and it may emerge as something that is really what you're here to do next, what you're passionate about. I had a, a client come to me uh, in Marin County who um, her original thought was that she would go back to grad school. She was in her mid, I think she was mid thirties then. And I looked at her chart and I said, you know, that's actually not it. what your chart is showing is the contract. It's what you've known before. Her South node was in the house of higher education, which was what you did before. So she was a very learned, learned person in previous lives, probably had all those degrees before. And so that was her go-to because that's what we go to is our South node when we feel threatened and uncomfortable, but it's not where we're supposed to go. Where she eventually, she started really being fascinated by Tarot. And, but her immediate thing was, but I can't do that. I can't make a living doing that. So I'm not going to do that, you know? And little by little, she started developing confidence around this and actually went through a Tarot certification program and is now writing because her North Node was in the house of writing. So, you know, you never know where any of this is going to go. I never know when I'm taking a, someone on a journey whether that's the, the, you know, the, the, the coaching journey or if it's an event, where that is meant to, where the soul is wanting to break through. So at the end of stage four is when that starts to emerge. Some of that you know, can come through the dreams, through synchronicities, meeting people who become mentors, which is what happened in my case. And then what happens in stage five, do you want me to keep going through the oh, stage? Oh yeah, no, I'm loving it, yes. Okay. okay. And I'm recognizing my own experience in it too. Oh. Like, oh, wow. You know, like, yes, I definitely went through that. Uh -huh. And then that, yep. Mm -hmm. No, this is super helpful because I don't think people understand, you know, uh, soul evolution, which is kind of what I would call this. Um, yeah. We're not taught this in school. That's for sure. Um, for sure. You know, for the sure. standard model. So yeah, no, please keep going. And in the quantum model, these things can also... I'm giving a linear because it's helpful to understand, but we can go through, we can have uh, some of these experiences where we actually have to go back and repeat stages or we go into other stages and then go back. So stage five is the, a practicing stage. It's the apprentice stage. And this can be difficult, especially for someone who had been very successful in something to have to literally start over as 
an apprentice, um, rather that's under someone, you know, like going through someone else's coaching program or whatever, or it can be, you know, a self-taught thing that they begin to explore, but you have to practice and you may have to try a lot of different things. Like when I was in that stage, I was, I was just exploring. So I explored a lot of different things before I found the thing that really caught hold for me, you know? So this is a stage of really having to fail a lot, be, be willing to have things, you know, it's like, uh, uh, it was uh, Thomas Edison who said, you know, when he was uh, questioned by a reporter about like, how did you keep going when you failed so many times? And he said, I saw them as a thousand and one uh, successive approximations, you know? So he, for him, it was just um, all part of the process of whatever it was that, you know, was to become because he ended up inventing many different things, not just you know, electricity um, along with Tesla. So there's that stage of can you, um, can you be spacious enough to and, and sit with your ego around some, not being good at something, to really be willing to start over and not be good at something. The same thing was true with meditation. People expect that they should be able to practice meditation, know how to do it right away. And if they don't, if their mind still gets involved within a few weeks, they give, it, they give up on it. And it's, I just tell everyone the same thing. You know, it's just like learning to play tennis, learning to play the piano. You got to show up and practice and be really bad at something before you get good at it. Um, so stage six is the stage of where things start to come together However, for some people, it may show up, it's the abundance stage. It may show up as external abundance, you know, where uh, you actually have physical manifestations of making more money uh, like that, but it's not true for everyone. And how I see this as part of a quantum model is that for me, this was a stage I needed to practice in the midst of my third near-fatal experience. I was... Um, you know, my home became infected with a toxic mold and I didn't know it. it was in the walls and I was getting very, very, very sick. And this was 20 years ago. So a lot of information on mold remediation and all of that didn't exist. And I had a house at the beach and in Santa Monica, California. And um, so what happened was I ended up because I ended up finally getting an environmental consultant out and was told you know, that everything that couldn't be put through 50% bleach had to go bye-bye. So that meant all my photographs, paintings, because it was extremely expensive to do mold remediation. Like every page of your book has to be vacuumed, you know, of every book you own. Wow. So within two hours, I had to make a decision. Was I gonna walk away from everything I knew and for my own health and safety and moved into a motel. And that journey of having to look at every single day, was I gonna look at, at my life as lost because I was also getting horrible prognoses from doctors you know, who didn't know how to treat this. And um, that it was connected to 20 different kinds of cancers and you, know, you name it. So it was a dark time. It was a very dark time in my life. And I, I, I practiced 
being able to see what was I grateful for? What was working? How is this working for me? That kind of moving the, your energy up. And that is to me the, net, the nature of what I call the fertile soul. The ability to be able to see inside of what looks like devastation, the fertility that's underneath the soil. I use a lot of earth metaphors because I am a very, very strong connection to Pachamama, um, which is the Spanish word for earth, mother earth. And um, so to me, the, the ability to be able to hold the space for what you can't see with your naked eye, but that you're holding your possibilities of what your life is and what is inside of you and what can appear. There was, I remember reading Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl, during that time, in which he said to many, many people in the camps, he kept a thousand and so um, people in the, in the holo, during the Holocaust, the concentration camp, people alive by passing this message from one camp to another. They can take everything, but they can't take your soul. So if you keep connecting to your fertile soul, you have abundance. In Italian, we use, we call it abundanza, abundanza, which means more than just abundance. It's also an internal state. Like, what do you bring to life? You bring generosity to life. Now, in a in no matter, and that's why I've always made a point in my worst moments to do something for somebody else, because nothing will take you out of that better than doing something for somebody else, which is the segue. <laughs> to stage seven, all of these stages overlap. And the st stage seven is about once you have mastered change, you've learned how to be resilient, you've developed you know, uh, a sense of what you're here to do as your sole purpose, then it's about being a contribution to the planet. What are you giving back to this world? How are you being the change for this world? And I have building elements that I you know, talk about that are the tools to build certain foundational pieces for your new foundation. And in that particular stage, the last stage of the model is altruism. That in, we know now from the science that the more that you really are able to give back to others, to think about how you can be a contribution, the more you are a contribution, the first of all, the world changes, but your immune system gets stronger. This is so important for people to know. The data on this is, I, you know, I included a lot of uh, clinical research in my last, the last stage because it's important to know that you can strengthen your immune system through your good deeds. As long as it's healthy, as long as it's not codependent, as long as you're not doing it when you should be taking care of yourself, okay? So that's kind of, in a nutshell, the whole model. Yeah. Oh, it's so wonderful. And it's so affirming, I think, for those of us who have been through this process. And I really identify, you know, my own journey with that. And especially this last stage you're talking about, because I feel like both of us really, and in, in some ways, so many of us who are healers, um, may be at that stage where we want to get this. That's why I'm doing this podcast, right? To get this information out in the world. And I do tend to feel my strongest and most connected with my authentic, you know, essential spiritual higher self, whatever you want to call that when I'm actually facilitating, when I'm educating, when I'm teaching people, that's when I feel most like me. 
And like you said, in the quantum world, at the same time, I might be going through one of those other stages where another part of my ego has like, or the shadow has reared its ugly head. And it's like, wow, I didn't know that was there or still there. And look at now I got to do some deeper work with that, right? Um, and that all of it can be occurring simultaneously, which could feel overwhelming if you didn't have a context for understanding it and support, which is so key, right? Yes. Yes. So you've also created, in addition to working with individuals, it sounds like you also work with organizations and you have a community as well. So can you tell us more about beyond the individual, what you're doing yeah. with folks? So two things, two ways that people can work with me less, um, less, you know, that can cost them financially less money is the tribal membership, you know, which is $29.97 a month. And um, that includes astrology tips for the week that I send out. And then once a month, they get me live and I do, uh, I build the quantum field and each person has an opportunity to put into that field their intentions. And then I send them out as we all do in this group, the Lifequake Miracles um, repurposing tribe. So it's a wonderful opportunity for people to get a piece of the work that I do. And then I'm also gonna be doing a group coaching in the fall in October for a small group of people, just eight people that um, I'm just beginning the registration of that, that would allow, that's gonna be a nine month program that we meet once a month. And, um, and then each person will have their own purpose partner as well to guide them through. I have an online course that I developed with those seven stages in depth uh, and, um, and then they'll, they'll have access to a lot of other tools, you know, including the book and me, you know, uh, once a month, uh, helping to clear whatever and clarify intention, taking people through this model and allowing them to get clearer and clearer over that period of time. It's, it can be quite breakthrough-ish. Uh, it's quite rewarding to watch everybody bloom. So. Yes. Oh, I love that. And, you know, the, the idea, you know, so many people, especially right now, especially with COVID, I mean, it just puts it right up to people's faces, this idea of I'm all alone in the world, which is a lie and not true, but so many people are suffering from that, uh, mm -hmm. that I'm alone and I'm, and I have to do it all alone and I'm suffering in my aloneness and my pain and all of that to know that actually that's not true and you don't have to and how much wonderful healing can occur just by being in the space of others right yes. who get it whether it's no. one person like a coach or a therapist or whether it's a group of people who are all seeking and and searching and struggling and all of that that shared experience um so much more healing i think can happen it magnetizes when we add others to our process and we don't stay alone in our shell or in our home, you know, drinking ourselves into oblivion or whatever it is that so many people are really doing right, right now. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. So, so for those that are struggling, as we kind of wind this down, you know, for those who are struggling, um, what would you suggest, you know, what words of hope or wisdom might you want to offer them? You said it, you know, that you're not alone and to reach out and get the support that you need. 
in whatever form that is, you know, if that can be also just your community. And if you don't have a community local to you, like I moved across the country from California to North Carolina. And so my community is mostly in California and I had to develop people here, but I still don't have a on the ground community. So a lot uh, comes through being able to reach out through Zoom and be with like-minded others, you know? So I think that really, really helps. The other thing I would recommend is keeping a dream journal, you know? And having as an intention before you go to sleep at night, I'm uh, remembering my dreams. And if there's a question you have about a decision you need to make, uh, to put that before the dream time, you may get an answer right away and you may not. Um, but be, be open to how it may show up in this world through synchronicities, you know? But by simply putting that intention on your unconscious and your higher self, you are, you are being guided. You do have, you know, um, upper world uh, assistance, you know, and to know that that's there, to know that that's there. Wonderful. Oh, and if people want to find out more about you, your sessions, your programs, yeah. all that, where can they go? So you can go to drtonygalardi.com. Um, you can go to lifequake.com, which has a lot of products. Um, so if you, you know, and if you forget all of that and you just Google Lifequake and you look for Dr. Tony Gallardi, you will um, be able to come to me. But that's, uh, that's the way to, 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 you know, get more information. And there's a lot of free information through the blogs um, that I have on my, my website, drtonygallardi.com. Actually, I think it's on lifequake.com too. There's a bunch of blogs. So there's a lot of free information as well. And then I have a product page for those who want to just have the tools that, you know, visualizations and CD format and um, uh, audio course, you know. So there's a lot of ways uh, that I try to create to economically help those who are, you know, in, in need of that, so. Oh, what a gift. And we'll include all of those links in the show notes. Um, so people can easily click on what they're seeking. And it's been truly such a gift to have you here today. I'm so glad that you shared your journey and your wisdom and your hope, really, because you know, mm -hmm. as I know, that even though it can be so difficult to be here on this earth, especially at this time, that we do, we, there is a way out. We can do the work. There is support. There are many, many tools. And we can emerge out of this in an even more abundant, um, positive, happy, joyful uh, space. Evolve. So, evolve. Evolve. Yes, yes, indeed. Thank you again so much. It was my um, pleasure, Brianna. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> viewers and listeners, for tuning in. Um, if you like this podcast, please do click like and share it and comment on it so that we can get this information out in the world and change the world because one by one, by healing ourselves, we heal the whole planet. So thanks yes. again, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. 
To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.